content warning. This podcast discusses the assault of minors and may be distressing for some listeners. sensitive to any noise here we're never gonna get this intro like i know that's the oh running... we, have we started oh <laughs> have we not <laughs> i didn't know <laughs> i was like i was waiting for you this to is the say thing is we need to just say beforehand it's your turn to say hi but we don't do that and then we just have weird awkward silence and then someone makes a weird noise yeah and i ran into the mm. table oh well that's how we've started this episode maybe start. next time we won't. Also, we have this stupidly big table, so we I do. had to press record and then step in my boots <laughs> <laughs> over to my end of the table. Also, I think you're going to hear slurping noises because I've worked out that I can't sit my yeah. wine through the front of my mouth. I have to sort of put it on the corner yeah. and then make a sort of little Popeye face yeah. to like slurp it. To get the sweet, sweet rosé. It's it's a great rosé. It's Again, a great drop. It's, an, it's a great unbranded rosé that we're not talking about because yeah. no one paid us fucking shit for it. No so one paid for this content. If you so want to pay us to drink your wine, then we then will talk we'll, about your wine. Then we'll name drop it. Slurp break. But otherwise, we're just going to sit here and uh, drink an unnamed good mm. rosé. And you know what? It's Friday. So we deserve this rosé. We, we earned it today. We, we bloody well did. We earned it. I've done lots of stories. Yeah. Lots of things have been going on this week. Actually, I did want to talk to you about something mm. which I'm going to watch tonight. I hope it's actually out tonight. It's mm. either out tonight or tomorrow. Depends if it was on US time. Velvet Buzzsaw, the Netflix show. Is this the Jake Gyllenhaal thing? Yes. Oh, my fucking God. I watched the trailer yesterday. Oh, what's so it about? The premise is like, as far as I can tell, is like... Do you know how I got to this PS? Is that I follow, um, you know, Natalia Dyer, who's in Stranger yes, Things. Yes, the, yeah. the girl... The sister. The sister, yeah. yeah. I follow her because this is pre-her dating Charlie Heaton. I was waiting for them to reveal that they were dating. Right. You know, so and you're just did like, you have her on notification? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I was just like, I've got so many weird people on notification. <laughs> like, I don't care yeah. what you're doing now. Miley, stop <laughs> posting photos. I know <laughs> now that you're married. I don't care <laughs> I don't what you're care. doing anymore. But will I turn you off notifications? No. No, because I'm lazy yeah, it's and too I much don't effort. know what I'm doing. Um, but anyway... She posted a photo that had the hashtag because she's in it. Right. And I followed the hashtag down a rabbit hole and then I found, yeah, this like preview of it. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so fucking scary. So basically it's like Jake Gyllenhaal is maybe an art critic, but also maybe not. I do definitely know that um, Tony Collette is an art <gasps> critic. I love Tony Collette. I know, Collette. and she's got this fucking banging like blonde, straight yep. fringe, long yep. hair. Like I am an Australian art critic royalty. I love going her. on. And basically... Um, this artist mm. dies and I don't know whether they just get his whole collection or what the fuck's going on, but basically his collection is meant to be like, um, cursed <gasps> and it like comes to life yes! and starts murdering people. Oh my, oh God. my, oh my God. God. I love it. It's the most scariest thing. There's nothing scarier to me than like, there's a painting on the wall and it looks really lifelike and, like, and then it moves. Yeah. No, fuck that. Fuck that. Okay. All art should be burned yeah. in my, like, I love how I make these sweeping statements <laughs> all, all the time. Burn it. <laughs> all sharks are fucked. All crocs are fucked. Water is fucked. I was just going to say, there's some, there's some gals in the group that will be, like, screaming right now because there's this, of course, a supernatural episode with a cursed painting. No. That it's this girl and she has a flick knife in the 
in the painting and she comes out of the painting and slashes people's throats when they try and buy the painting because she haunts the painting. Okay, this is why I never watch Supernatural, <laughs> obviously. But it's all silly and fun and they're it's hot not brothers. Silly and fun. You're like, haha, demons can be silly and fun. They can never be silly and okay. fun. Well, I find it silly and fun. And I think in that episode, Dean fucks someone. And whenever the, <laughs> the hot guy fucks someone in a show, I'm there. You, you, you'll have like, you know, in Knocked Up and they have that list of like times yes, you that's see naked me. women, but you're like, times Supernatural guys fucked. <laughs> it's even like we're in the office and the guys are trying to convince me to watch The Young Pope. This was yesterday. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to watch it when Julian's not home because I want to perv on Jude Law. That's the only reason I'm watching it. I don't care about popes. I find that boring. No one cares. It's boring to me. And then they're like, oh, but he's cool. He's like the young pope. He smokes. And then Cam, one of our colleagues, was like, the pope who fucks. I'm like, does he fuck? I'm watching it. And then Matt, our other colleague, was like, no, he doesn't fuck in it. And I'm like, oh, I'm not interested. <laughs> they're all like, you're a sicko. I'm like, I want to see I want to see the young hot pope fucking. I just want to see fucking of a hot guy. What's, so what's sue me. So, to... <laughs> so sue me. But anyway, I thought I might watch the young pope, but now I think I want to watch Velvet Buzzsaw. Yeah, well, it's just a movie. So right. I'm hoping it's out tonight because I've got a night in. But um, yeah, I just like into it. Yeah. And Jake Gyllenhaal's so fucking good. Like, he's, he's really, a good genuinely actor. really yeah. good actor. So. A great kind of crimey movie that he's in is mm. Nightcrawler. <laughs> well, it's the same guy as Nightcrawler. Oh, as the director, really? I think. Or the writer or something. So, they've, like, teamed up again. Yeah. So, it's same vibe, I think. Yeah. I love our little, like, movie segment that we I know. Doing. That wasn't paid for, by the way. That was just me <laughs> yeah. being interested. As we said, none of this is paid Nothing for. Is. We shouldn't be mentioning People. anything by name. I know. We should just it be should like... be that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. It's on a <laughs> streaming even. service. That movie with a attractive <laughs> mid-30s man uh, actor used to date another mm. very famous actor. P.S. I miss Jake Gyllenhaal and Kirsten Dunst. <sighs> Not Taylor Swift. I thought that's what you were thinking. And I was no, like, no. never real. That was never real. No, that wasn't real. Conspiracy theory time. That was not a real relationship. Oh, you, do we want to go down my rabbit hole <laughs> no. of all the fake relationships in Hollywood? That's for my other podcast. Fake relationships fake in Hollywood. Relationships hour. in Hollywood hour. <laughs> which I can't make because I'd be sued for defamation. Immediately. Unfortunately. But, you know, I can say it verbally to you where we're not on the air. I totally. As yeah. soon as we I have off. done. Yeah. Many we, times. Many times. I know many things that I probably shouldn't know. It's really hard to drink. You have to do it in the side. Just do it in the side. I'll talk while you're drinking. Um, What else have I watched recently that I was obsessed (laughs) with? I'm re-watching Game of Thrones from the beginning. Mm, Because we're going to do zesty recaps. We are. And that's been really fun. I mean, that's not really... I mean, it's murdery, but it's not really true crime. Yeah, it's not crimey. But yeah, it's been a good time. And I recommend everyone do it because there's so many little things that you now get. And I felt like I got to the point where it's at now, where I was like, I'm... I kind of know what's going on in a general sense, but I'm really lost about everyone's little details and mm. like where they are physically in yes. Westeros and stuff. Yeah. But when you rewatch it again, you sort of like, oh shit, okay, that's that place and there's that place. And now I'm like piecing yeah. it together again and you kind of just get a bit more of a foundation. The latest season felt so contained because it was yeah. so short and there are only like three locations really that they're at there are only really like three characters that were following i know it oh felt my God. like a mini season so fun fun story fun male life story okay that our review our bad reviewers will hate oh uh-huh. oh yes you've reminded me i I'm know gonna I, was, get I, was gonna, I was like <laughs> i'll reminder. get them ready <laughs> um so one of my exes um i met his brother and 
his brother's partner mm. for like dinner. It's obviously like already a little bit stressful. And I'm always like, I'm such a people pleaser. I'm always like, love me immediately. <laughs> and so um, we would just chat, chat, chat. And I always try, like, try and find like a little connecting thing where we can like bond over yes. something. And then they brought up Game of Thrones. And I was like, fuck yeah, I love Game of Thrones. So I was like, yes. Yeah. And then of course, in true Mel fashion, I have to make a sweeping generalized statement. Like burn all art? Basically like burn all <laughs> art, yes. P.S. also at an art gallery. The other day, I messaged my friend and I was like, children should just be banned from art galleries. They're just all banned. And then I was like, I realize that this is sort of saying like you shouldn't culture children at all. So (laughs) I kind of take that one back. But that's not even the point. I'm Mm. making a story within a story within a story. The reviewers will love it. I'm so sorry. Anyway, back to my point. So, yes, I'm sitting down with them having dinner and... Um, they mentioned Game of Thrones and then I was like, oh, don't you just feel like that show is like every season it's like nothing happens and we're all just walking around and then you get to the end of the season and nothing's fucking happened. And they looked at me like like this deathly look on their face <laughs> and then they were like, absolutely not. That's not what Game of Thrones is like at all. You're not taking it very seriously, are you? And they go into this full on like deep like... Were they the book reader types? They were like... Right. Yeah. So after the fact, my ex at the time, he was like, um, yes. So they're like very into Game of Thrones. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, oh my God, I've like ruined any chance of forming a relationship with these people. People suddenly get beheaded. People suddenly get poisoned. But really, I stand by my statement. They just sort of march around. Yeah, they march around until I reckon second last episode of each yeah. Season, and, and then, then they go, oh my God, everyone's dead, a dragon, boobs, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> just flaccid so exactly dick. It. Flaccid dick in the screen, <laughs> everywhere, flinging around. I love it. I can't wait for it to come boobs back. Boobs end. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, tell us about the bad reviews, Jersey, because we've got some spicy we've ones. We've got some, like, really bad ones. Which one should I read? There were the three in a row that would, mm. I think they're mean. Let's go for this one, because it made me laugh out loud. Also, P.S., don't leave us a bad review because you think we're going to read it out. Yeah, because it actually will hurt our feelings. (laughs) We actually get upset about it. (laughs) Please leave nice reviews. Five stars only. None of this three stars? No. Or four? Fuck off. We're not going to improve. Like, this is what you're getting. It is what it is, guys. (laughs) So if it's not five stars, please take your ears elsewhere and listen to something else. (laughs) Go listen to some investigative shit. We just see our our streams go way down because everyone's like oh okay i thought they were going to improve. case file it is <laughs> case file stealing the word zesty. oh i can't even handle this uh, okay yes we just had this conversation before we yeah off the air, yeah if case files actually using the word zesty yeah i'm get there's some some dicks will be swung yeah my dick your dick I don't actually have a dick, right but like yeah. the, my, my metaphorical dick yes. is going to be swung. Yeah. To a, Remember a what I said in the email. group? I'm like, lucky he's anonymous or I'd fucking sue the cunt. Oh, don't be. say Zesty. <laughs> fucking sue the cunt. <laughs> I've had too much rosé. And by that, I mean four sips. But um, I stand by that. Don't use Zesty. That's ours. I know. It'd be like if we started saying stay sexy, don't get murdered. I know. Or if we started talking in that super Aussie accent. <sighs> and we were like this. Yeah. I'm doing we, really kind of, we kind of do we, that. We are a little bit like this. We are a bit like that. <laughs> um, I feel like the person that left this review talks a bit like that. Do you reckon? Yeah. Um, here we go. You ready for it? Yes. Dreadful. Oh. One star. This was recommended to me, so I gave it a go. Oh. Ten, yeah. Ten minutes was enough. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the audio equivalent of following a drunk driver on the road. <laughs> You don't know where they are going. And even if you do, it's unlikely they will get there. Oh. Lots, <laughs> lots of in-jokes from two who sound like teenagers. 
good at interrupting each other, but not much else. I don't think we interrupt each other that much. I don't either think we're very polite. And sometimes we maybe talk at the same time, but like... But we're just excited to be here. (laughs) Anyway, I scanned through a few more episodes to see if it got better. Sadly not. If you are a teenager who has no idea about any of the subject matter, you may be entertained. (laughs) Regular expletives thrown in to seemingly keep you interested, but they were very much unnecessary. No stars. Dole, you've given us one star. You did. You gave us a star. (laughs) And then you've said no stars. Joke's on you because we got a star. You're an idiot. (laughs) So (laughs) according to that user, we're dreadful. And only only teenagers. teenagers. I just love the no stars. Like it made me laugh so much. So I'm like, but you had to give us one because otherwise you can't give a review. (laughs) (laughs) Suck it, bitch. Uh. Um. Anyway, that's we've done movie reviews. We've done so many we've reviews. Done the bad reviews. We've talked about Game of Thrones. I've told a personal story. Yeah. Everything that she hates or yeah. he, they'll that be gone. We did it. The, no, the my favorite one. Oh my god, god Josie. My favorite one is shut the fuck up, Mel one two three four, and the headline is just Can Mel, Mel stop like, swearing. Stop swearing. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has bothered to make a whole account Called to tell me to shut the up. fuck up. I feel like that's one of your friends. I trolling no, you. I felt. I feel like it is someone that knows me and hates me, mm. but like maybe secretly hates me. Like like I have mm-hmm. a little fake friend in my like yes. circle. Well, I, yeah, I believe that probably because I'm also, endlessly paranoid. Won't fucking stop swearing. Fuck you. There you go. The swear counts really up in tonight's episode. I know, I've you dropped the same. I said cunt. We've just said it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically Scarface. Is that the movie with lots of swearing? Yeah. Yeah. I think he says fuck 182 times. Oh, what? Yeah. Wild. Yeah. You know what all this zesty chat is, though? Mm. It's really just us putting off the inevitable. Yeah. Which is a fucking bleak episode. Yeah, this isn't fun times. There'll be no no laughing from from when I start. No. And it's been such a beast. Like, you know how long I've been researching this. I reckon I could do a whole separate podcast just on this case. There's so much to it. It's taken me like, I feel like it took at least eight hours to do all of this. I'm always so proud like though because two hours you, a night every night. You present such a like well researched. I'm really nervous. Well formed episode. Whenever you do this, I hope so. I'm still kind of excited though because it's an interesting story. Yeah, and I don't know a lot about it to be honest. Yeah, and when I told people what I was doing, I was like, oh, it's so bleak, and people were like do something else. Then I'm like, no, but it's interesting. It is really interesting, especially because it's like true mystery. Remains yep. unsolved. Yeah. Um, Which I hate, but yeah, let's I know. Come back to that. I know. I feel bad for everyone involved. So I'm doing Mr. Cruel, which you would have already known from the title of the podcast when you press play. <laughs> um, so Mr. Cruel is the name given to this unknown suspect. Um, police think he was responsible for 12 attacks on children. I mean, that's why it's bleak because it's mm. kids. Uh, in the suburbs of Melbourne, beginning as early as 85, but they've only officially tied him to four cases. So they're the ones I'll be talking about. Yeah. Um, and all those other cases, they don't name the victims or give any details. Oh, okay. And it's just kind of there's things that are similar, but not enough to be classed as true Mr. Cruel cases. Yeah. So the the nickname came from the Herald Sun. They called him that on the front page and the rest of the media followed that. It's not very creative. And started calling him that. I know, but I remember hearing about it and it, it is effective. Like I remember I'm hearing the word the Mr. Cruel and I was like, 
yeah like i want to know more or i'm i'm terrified yeah like it's pretty apt for what he what he was well, and he's cruel he so. was cruel so speaking of the herald sun mm-hmm. i need to like shout out to them because they've covered it so exhaustively for decades mm, wow and most of the research like they're melbourne based yeah yeah so every really good article i found was one of theirs and it, it seems to mostly be one journal his name's keith moore so shout out to keith Keith. yeah i couldn't have Thank i couldn't have done it without keith. researching and reporting work like i found a lot of other stuff but they just like they have the best coverage and they also got like the police kind of came to them with exclusive stuff later and seemed to have a trust trusting relationship yeah between the police and and keith so keith thank you Thank you for Thank this. Thank you, Keith, for all of this research, which we have now lifted. <laughs> which I'm podcast. now just reading back. We're not. We're crediting him. We've given him an yeah. exhaustive shout out I, I'm obsessed with Keith. Keith, um, if you're listening, I love you. Fun fact that I used to call my sister Keith and Why? she hated it. I don't know. We just made it like me and my cousins made it her like boy Aww. name and then she got really angry and used to hate it for some reason. That's <laughs> such an irrelevant aside. We said we weren't going to laugh. That was no, not really. That we wasn't laughing. But we haven't started talking about the cases yet. That was just about Keith yet. and my sister. It was just we love Keith. Yeah. <laughs> we just love Keith. <laughs> so the first crime that's been attributed to Mr. Krull happened on August the 22nd, 1987. So I don't know Melbourne. This is geographical Josie here. I did ask Eamon in our office. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Cam, who is our colleague that lives in Melbourne. And like loves Melbourne a lot. Yes. So I asked about all these suburbs and just to get a bit of a vibe. Apparently all of them are just nice. They're just nice yeah. suburbs. Some of them are nicer than others. But um, so the last attacks were like in really nice areas. Mm. But this this one, northeast suburb of Lower Plenty, mm-hmm. it's just what? quite a nice place. Lower Plenty. Sounds it's a really, really weird name. Yeah. Suburb. It sounds like something from a movie. Yeah, like, like a book like series or an aisle or like, like um, Little Whinging in Harry Potter. Yeah, or like Anne of Green Gables vibes. Yeah, but it exists. Okay, it's in Melbourne and it's quite nice by all accounts. So at around four in the morning, a couple were woken by a stranger in their bedroom. He'd removed a pane of glass in the lounge room to gain entry into the house. Just removed it. Yeah. Fuck. He wore a balaclava type mask that covered most of his face and head. So it wasn't the one that we know from Mr. Krull. I was was like, when are we going to talk about that? Because that fucks me up. It was a bigger gap on his face, but covered with some kind of fabric. Right. Um, He was armed with a small handgun and a hunting knife. And he said to the couple, be quiet and don't move or I'll hurt someone. He told them to lie face down. He tied up their hands and feet. According to the Herald's son, he used knots commonly tied by sailors and those familiar with securing loads. Uh, the man then went to the couple's six-year-old son's room. Some reports say he was eight. He was a little. Mm. And then he went to the 11-year-old daughter's room. He brought the kids to the main bedroom, tied the boy to the bed, blindfolding him and gagging him. And then he blindfolded and gagged the girl and tied her hands with the same cord that he'd used on the others. Once the family was secured, he asked the girl what her name was and her age. She told him and he later wrongly and repeatedly referred to her as Kate which is so weird. Oh my god! Yes, Keith I just said that freaks me out. So her real name has never been released. So right. the identity of these people and that's protect to protect her. Yeah, yeah. So that's all of these guys have been protected. So he called her Kate. But that wasn't her name. Yeah, but she told him her actual name. So yes. it was super weird that he was just decided to call her something else. Like Keith, like disassociative or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. Mm. So he said to the parents, "All I want is money, food, and clothes. How much money is in the house?" 
he then removed things from the wardrobe and said to the parents, get into the wardrobe, sit down, get into the closet and kneel down. So he didn't say many words, mm. but they're, they're all in the police files yeah. of like what he said. So sometimes he repeated himself. He made a call from the phone in the bedroom and he, he was on the phone and called someone a bozo. And bozo. Like, like, and sounded quite threatening. How do you make bozo threatening? So he was kind of, it was this, this angry kind of like conversation in inverted commas, and he's like, you're a bozo. But then when the police checked later, no call had been placed. Oh. So he, it was just this kind of thing to throw What? Oh, like kind off. of like, um, I'll be gone in the dark, yeah. uh, Golden State vibes. Yeah, well, that comes into play later. So he left the room and he went to another room and got a radio and he turned it way up and then he took the girl into the bathroom and assaulted her. And he told her to brush her teeth and shower. Oh. He took her into the kitchen. He helped himself to a meal. Golden State Killer vibes. He had cold lamb, biscuits, juice and milk. He took her to the lounge room, assaulted her again. Then he left to check on the brother and parents and they were still secured. Mm. He came back, he took the girl to a spare room, he tied her ankles and said, I'm going out now, so count to 100 slowly and then you can free your parents. So when she heard the front door close, she didn't wait. <laughs> she yeah. just ran straight to, well, freed herself, went to her parents and they called the cops. The man had been in the house for around two hours. So he was quite unhurried, yeah. not stressed. His face was obscured by the mask, but they had like some descriptors they could provide. He was 178 to 183 centimetres tall. Yeah. Aussie accent. They thought he was kind of mid-20s to mid-30s. Mm. Had brownish hair, but it had white flecks in it. So I'm not sure how they got mid-20s, but then it had yeah. grey or white. I mean, maybe prematurely grey or yeah. something, but still. Um, and they said he possibly had dandruff and bad breath and a musty smell about him. Mm. He took several items from the home including the woman's engagement ring, a razor, classical records, and some clothes, including a jacket and like a man's parka with a fur collar. It's such a weird collection of yeah, things. Yeah, it's really strange. So the family had appeared in a newspaper article just days before the attack, and some police believe that's how he selected them. Oh, that, oh that's yeah. the worst. Yeah. Oh, God. So that's first case. And then... A year later, the second attack that they attribute to him mm. occurred. So this was in East Ringwood, about 20 minutes drive from the first place. It was Boxing Day night, 1988. Parents John and Julie Wills were out with their four daughters. Sharon was 10. There were twins Robin and Linda, eight, and five-year-old Annette. So they went out in the evening. They got home around 10. The four kids went to bed in their room. So they shared a room. They had two sets of bunks. Aww. So cute. So they went to bed around 10.45. John and Julie turned in at 1am, but John couldn't sleep. So he got up and worked on a jigsaw puzzle. Oh my God, amazing. He finished the whole thing. What? Yeah. In a night. He did it. Um, at 4.50, he went to bed and turned out all the lights in the house. So it's important to note here that the Wills family had been in the paper in oh the weeks no, leading no, up to no, this. No, I hate this. I hate mm. it. I'm never going to be in the paper again. <laughs> I mean, not that I've, I don't think I've ever been in the paper. I know, but it's just awful. Like, it's just... I, I hate, like, these... It's always these, like, little innocuous things yeah, that you would never be like, oh, this could lead to a really bad thing happening yes. to me or my family. Yeah. And if you said that, like, oh, I don't want to be photographed in the paper or something terrible might happen, it sounds so paranoid. Yeah, but then exactly. people do this and make people paranoid. Um, so half an hour after John went to bed, a man let himself into the house 
the key had been left in the back door, like in the inside. So he pushed it like from the outside onto the ground where he had Don't. a piece of paper and then slid it back under the door. Wait. Oh, so he put a piece of paper yeah. in. Oh, my God. I hate that yeah. a lot. Yes. Okay, I'm never leaving keys in the door again. Guys, don't leave your keys in the door, even on the inside. Who would even think that someone could do that? I know. It's just it's this demonic behavior, which I hate. Just really it's calculated. It's like he is actually a demon. Yeah. Like, how could you do this to someone? Anyway, so he gained access that way. He burst into John and Julie's room wearing a balaclava and brandishing a handgun. Julie started screaming, as you would. I mean, just imagine waking up to... That. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. balaclavas are just evil. Ugh. Who invented them and what for? I think it's like a snow thing. I don't to like keep them. Warm, like keep everything warm, but people have really appropriated them for bad use. Just wear a f- sort of faux fur hoodie and deal with and it. And be done with it because bad people use balaclavas. Yeah. So he, when she was screaming, the man held a gun to John's head and told her to stop screaming or he would shoot. Um, he, like the first victims, forced them to lie on their stomachs, tied up their hands and feet. He used copper wire, not nylon rope, which he'd used the first time. All the while, he was demanding money. He was asking Julie where her purse was. She had $35. He took that. As he left the room, he cut the telephone cord. Um, so he didn't make any fake calls this time. He just cut the cord. So in the girl's bedroom, 10-year-old Sharon had woken up when she heard her mum scream and the man's voice. So she was lying there terrified. I just hate this. And then her bedroom door opened. She saw a man's outline in the doorway. So she shut her eyes, pretended to be asleep. He came over, he shone a torch in her face and using her name. Oh, because of the newspaper? Yes. He asked if she was awake. She pretended to be asleep and then he left and shut the door behind him. And then I does not really know what he did next, but he came back after a few minutes and then kind of shook her awake. Uh, and she decided she couldn't really pretend to be yeah. asleep with him actually shaking her. He lifted her down from her bunk. She was on the top bunk mm. and took some of her clothes from the wardrobe. And then he took her outside. She started to scream. He shoved a red rubber ball in her mouth and like taped over it. Oh, God. Um, and tied a blindfold around her eyes. He put her in the front of the car, but on the floor mm. and told her like not to look at him so i'm guessing because the whole time i'm like did he just drive around with that balaclava on but clearly he took it oh, off to yeah. drive yeah i was gonna say that would be like a bit said fast. don't yeah don't learn she was blindfolded as well um and then he said he wouldn't hurt her as long as his ransom got paid mm. but the family never received a ransom demand it's just another one of these weird. things he kind of threw in like yeah. demanding money but taking like 35 dollars yeah like he wasn't like it was almost like he's a bit skittish yeah and he wanted some kind of ruse or something yeah because he never demanded we need to say that though to a 10 year old like because it's like she's not gonna yeah care about she doesn't care she just she doesn't like, know about ransoms what the yeah. hell's going on yeah um so he put a blanket over her he drove for some time pulling into a driveway taking her into a house back at her house it took the parents 15 minutes to get themselves free from being tied up i mean can you just imagine you've got four kids in the house mm. you're tied up oh my god you've hit, totally you've heard her screaming oh that's just would a be nightmare. the most horrific i can't that's that is awful like i always everything's awful right it's all awful it's all, all murder awful. all rape yeah. all of it is awful but there's like then there's this particular like place in hell reserved yes. for murderers a people that fucking rape and murder children mm-hmm. or rape or murder children and then also for murderers who toy with their victims yes. just like 
fuck off. You're already stealing their yeah. whole fucking life off them or like the life of their child or something. But then you have to like fuck with them as well. Yeah, you that piece real of shit. sadistic. Yeah. Just you want to really punish people. And for no, like, what, they're in the paper. They didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. It's just... Anyway, so John Wills told the Herald Sun in 2012, when I first found Sharon missing, I panicked. I immediately ran next door because he cut my telephone. I banged on the door. I woke up my neighbor. I asked them to ring the police. And then I started running around the block everywhere looking for her. I just, you just can't even imagine, like, he would have felt bad that he hadn't, you know, stepped up and protected or when someone's got a gun. Yeah. You know, I just can't even imagine what they were going through. It's horrible. So when Mr. Krull took Sharon inside his house, he swapped the blindfold, which was fabric, to iPads, like those kind of medical ones. Oh, okay, yep. And then stuck them over her eyes with, again, like medical adhesive tape. That's really weird. Yeah. He took her to the bathroom, made her brush her teeth and bathe. He then took her back to the bedroom and assaulted her. All the time... God love her, 10 years old. She's being really observant. She took note of the radio station that he had blaring. Oh, my God. She heard that when it became light, she heard two planes going overhead, like really close mm. to the house. Um, after he assaulted her, he asked if she was hungry. He made her a Vegemite sandwich. She noted on stale bread. Mm, and my God, she's so observant. I know, and gave her a glass of milk. At one point he went out. He tied her to the bed with like a leather leash oh. around her neck. And while he was out, she was brave enough to pull up her blindfold and sneak a little look around. Oh, my God. Bless this little girl. I know. Um, this bit is just... She saw a tripod set up at the foot of the bed. Fuck. So, obviously, police then got the idea that he was filming these attacks. Yeah. So, then he came back. He took her to the bathroom, made her bathe, took her to another room, assaulted her again, and once again made her bathe. After some time, he took her to the bathroom and said she... So, when she was bathing, it was a bath. Okay. And then this time he said, you need to have a shower and wash your hair really well. Um, so presumably that was to get any kind of evidence off her. Oh, yeah. I wasn't even yeah. thinking it, but he just had an obsession with yeah. washing. But so that makes sense. he was doing that, but then it was like shower and hair, like scrub. Yeah. He then put her in a shirt he'd taken from her house and then he covered her in garbage bags. He kind of fashioned them into a dress like over her. Mm her legs so she had to step through and then there was more that went over her head and he cut like a hole for her head and then put her back on blindfolded or put her back in the car on the front floor he drove for what she described as a really long time but like i don't know kids aren't yeah they really know that stuff but she's pretty observant and she probably sharon fucking shit scared so it could feel like longer than it was um, then he took her out of the car and he was kind of half running and they went for some distance he put her down he took the bags off and then warned her not to look, and then he took the blindfold off. He left her near Bayswater High School, which was around six k's from her house. Mm. Um, and then a woman was going past just after midnight and saw her standing on the corner. Oh my god, the poor little in egg. just a shirt. It had been eighteen hours since the ten-year-old had been taken from her house. The woman recalls that Sharon was incredibly calm. And she said, my name's Sharon Wills and I was taken from home early this morning. A man left me here and told me to go and ring home. And the woman told the Herald Sun, she was rather bright really. I was quite surprised. I thought she would have been a bit worse for wear, but she was really good. I just brought her home and gave her a drink and she was quite happy. Then the woman called the police and Sharon was reunited with her family. Her dad, John, told the Herald Sun in 2012, the relief that's felt when you get your daughter back is indescribable. I just I just hate this because even though she came back, they got mm. her back, it's just they'll never 
be the same. Like I know, and it's I just, that innocence lost. Yeah, thing. and it's that thing like fuck the violation mm. that, that would be the scars that you carry. Yeah, an emotional, mental shit mm. like. And that whole family would feel that. Oh, not the just whole her, family. All yeah, exactly. And like you know, and I just like oh my god, I really hope that she's like like found a really good psych or something and mm. like overcome mm. the shit because it's like you know she didn't ask for this she didn't even nothing no, yeah. no one asks for it but you know what I mean like it's just that thing yeah. of like fuck she was like 10 you know ten like she's a baby baby she's a baby and just like what a horrible fucking thing to go through I know and like her name was released whereas the first girl wasn't yeah. I think because of the abduction element I think because yes. she went missing, she had to be reported. Yes. Okay. Right, right, right. I think that's what it is because the other three have all been named. So the parents and Sharon gave police details of the attacker and like most of the descriptions matched the first family's yep. description. So that's when they were like, okay, this is the same guy, same height, same kind of voice, same age. His mask had changed to the creepy. I fucking hate that mask. the eye holes and the mouth hole with oh, the white stitching. I hate it so much. Um, and he also took another jacket from the house. This must be like a sort of a, you know how murderers and rapists and stuff like mementos? Yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah, they want like a token. It reminds me of, um, what is it? The Lovely Bones? Yes. That oh fucked God. me up, that book. It's a great book. Such a good book. We're so fucking scary. Really scary. And kind of like a similar-ish kind mm. of situation. Mm. I want to read that again. Actually, yeah. I was going to lend it to someone in the office. I was mm. telling them about it. They'd never read it. And I went home to find it, to bring it in. And I think in one of my like pre-Marie Kondo, but still decluttering phases, yeah. I was just like, oh, it's bleak. I'm never going to read it again. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to read it again. It's a really good book. It if you haven't good. read it, read it. Um, so it was two more years until another attack that the police would attribute to Mr. Cruel occurred. So the Linus family were parents, Brian and Rosemary, and their daughters, Fiona, who was 15, and Nicola, who was 13. They're originally from the UK. They've been living in Melbourne for three years. They were moving back to the UK on the 4th of August, 1990. Um, and ahead of that, they had like a really big house in Canterbury, which is a really nice area, Eamon told me. Really <laughs> nice street, um, Monomeath Avenue. I've written here, apparently a very fancy street. <laughs> and so they were kind of downsizing to a smaller apartment closer to the city before yep. they moved away so they were moving on july the 4th the parents had been going to like heaps of farewells and dinners they were quite social and on those nights fiona and nicola were left alone at home while the parents like did their whole thing which is fine i think 15 and 13 oh, 100%. definitely at home absolutely and you guys you and your sister are that age yeah. gap aren't you oh god we were left at home when i was like yeah. maybe like high school yeah like yeah same because single parent as well mum didn't really have a choice yeah totally um so on the night before the move brian and rosemary went out about seven fifty. friends picked them up so their car was still in the driveway the girls ordered pizza for dinner it's actually really cute um nicola would drag her mattress into fiona's room to keep each other cute. company when the parents were out so they were in there, they were hanging out, and then at 10.45, Fiona decided to go to sleep, and Nicola followed shortly after around 11. But just 20 minutes later, this is horrifying. Hmm. Nicola woke up to find a masked man tapping her on the head with a knife. Don't. What? I just... That I just is hate, like... I hate him so much. Like, And I'm. it's already making me that? fucking pissed that we haven't caught this fuck I know. 
It's like I want to start a new yeah. investigation into him, you know, like I will single-handedly do this. I'm so angry. What the fuck? I no. mean, when you think of a nightmare, even the parents before waking up, yeah. to, that's horrible. But to wake up and he's tapping on the head with a knife and, yeah. you're, and you're 13. Yeah. And your parents are out. Like that like, alone would fuck you up for life. Just that, even if yeah. he just walked out again. But then it gets so much worse. So he took both the girls to their parents' empty room. Again, he was talking about money and I'm here for money. Mm. He was asking where the money was kept. They're like, their dad had like a spare wallet and it had $4,000 worth of traveler's checks inside, but he didn't take those. So it's clearly like some kind of ruse yeah. where it's just like... Do you think like it's like he's trying to trying like to mislead make them? himself feel... Do you think he's like convincing himself he's doing something else? I don't know. I don't like maybe know. he's got his own... I don't know. I Can't always get in the mind maybe he was seriously. trying to like throw them off like almost like toying with them of like i'm just here to rob you it's fine oh like yeah and like it calms them and then yeah and then psych no i'm yeah. gonna take you away so he made both the girls lie on their stomachs on the bed did the gagging the tying that he'd done before um to fiona with clothesline wire this time he took nicola and the parents car keys and some of nicola's clothing from the cupboard just as he'd done with sharon taking their clothes he took Nicola back up to where Fiona was tied and started asking questions about what their dad did for a living and mentioning this $25,000 ransom mm. again, like he'd done with Sharon two years beforehand. He said he'd call in the morning to demand his money, but he never made contact with the family after he took Nicola. So he used the, their car um, and took took her to a location and then swapped cars. So it was all this just horribly pre-planned like, he clearly knew they were moving the next day. Like, he'd clearly been watching them. He knew the parents were out. It's just that chilling. I mean, it's bad enough when someone, it's a crime of opportunity. Yeah. But just for him to be watching is just so creepy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Fiona looked at the clock. Uh, it was 11.47 and then the parents arrived home not even 15 minutes later <sighs> and found their oldest daughter tied up and their younger daughter missing. I mean... Like 15 minutes. They just missed And then him. they would be blaming like, themselves, but it's of like... Of course. But it, you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't. Like like we were saying, we are both left at home with oh, our absolutely. sibling. You know, nothing happened. Yeah. It's just, you should never blame. It's not victim blaming. You should never blame yourself. It's it's the psycho's fault. Yeah, absolutely. But of course they would. Of course yeah. they would. Um, so he did the swapping cars. Then he took Nicola to a house. Like with Sharon, he replaced the fabric blindfold with the iPads and the surgical tape. He made a brush of teeth and bathed. But he even explained to her, this is to hide forensic evidence. Mm. So it was, he wasn't pulling any punches. It was yeah. like, this is why I'm doing this. He had the radio on again. Nicola heard heaps of planes flying overhead when it became light. So during her time in captivity, Mr. Krull told her that he'd followed her home from school. Ugh. And he had a schoolgirl fantasy. It's like, it's bad enough that <sighs> you're doing this. this Stop talking. Like, don't tell her this. Yeah. Um, he said he was going to keep her for 50 hours. He assaulted her five times in total in various rooms around this house, a bedroom, the bathroom, and what she thinks was a kitchen. At one point, he took her back to the bedroom and told her she wouldn't be assaulted again. He came back a few hours later, said that he and his friend had been discussing good places to drop her off. And at one point he talked to this friend, but there's no evidence that anyone mm. else was there. Again, Golden State Killer with the... Super Golden State Killer vibes, Having the yeah. conversation, no one was there. So, and also it's just that toying with people and making things up. Yeah. Ransom, robbery, my friend's here. 
Yeah. None of it, none of it was true. Weird. Um, he made her shower and washed thoroughly like he'd done with Sharon. He told her to dress and wrapped her in a sheet this time instead of garbage bags and put her in the car, got her on the floor. And then they drove a certain distance. He took off the eye tape and gave her a change of clothes from her own that he'd taken from the house. But then he wa- he walked for like five meters and then came back and said, this is no good. I can't leave you here. And so then he took her and they walked for a few more minutes. And then he's like, okay, I'll leave you here. Um, told her to wait a few minutes and then call the police. So it was actually like, yeah, call the police on me. Yeah. I'll be gone. So it's Yeah, he was like, like so confident that he yeah. wouldn't be caught. So it was almost exactly 50 hours after she'd been taken. She was left near some bushland at an electrical substation in Kew. It was only five kilometres from her house. It was just after 2 a.m. and it was her 14th birthday. Oh, what? It was actually her birthday? Yeah. Oh. Like, so I'm just horrible. so enraged yeah. at this person. Just, I wonder if he knew that, you know? Yeah, like, probably. Because <laughs> fuck weird. It's just so sad. Like, my 14th birthday, I can't really remember it, but I'm sure it was just fun and wholesome and oh not my God, this mine kind was of... so wholesome. It was like a sleepover. Awful yeah. memory that she now has forever. She went to a nearby house. She knocked a man, let her in, and she called her parents. Nicola and Fiona provided some description of the man. He had the same balaclava that the Wills family described, so the, the scary one. The same voice. Nicola described the same house and car as Sharon had. And again, he'd stolen some things from the house and the wallet of the mum. The family ended up moving to the UK six days later. As if you wouldn't, you'd just be Absolutely. like, fuck this shit. Yeah. I'm out of here. Victorian police have flown over to question both girls about the attacker since. So when she was abducted and came back, there was obviously a huge amount of media coverage. This is when mm. it, because they linked the cases, this is when it became like national news. Um, and they linked it with the unnamed girl in 1987 as well. So that was three cases. Parents were like losing their minds. But because he was so careful, the, there was no forensic evidence at all to help the police narrow it down. So even though Sharon and Nicola were like amazingly observant of where they're being taken and the car and everything, the sounds, like they kind of had an idea of where, but it's such a big area. Yeah. Um, and there was no, not a shred because he made them wash and made them wear bags. And like his yeah. car was apparently spotless. Like there was nothing they could have even picked up on their clothes from the car. Yeah, what? Because he was so like meticulous about it. Um, and it led police to conclude that he was very intelligent, highly organized. And former detective Steve Fontana told the Herald Sun in 2001, I won't go into other things that he did, but there were certain things like with Sharon Wills, she was wrapped in plastic garbage bags before she was dropped off. I think it really gives you an indication that this person was really thinking about not leaving any traces behind. Yeah. And it's pretty forward thinking. Like for the time, there was no show like CSI. Yeah, it's like you would. I mm, I mean, let's not, I'm not, I feel like I'm jumping ahead. No, keep going. I feel like okay. I'm jumping ahead. But it's kind of, it again, creeps me out that he was so on it with that yeah. forensic yeah. know-how and like it, DNA and stuff hadn't even, it was in its very early stages. It wasn't. Yeah on the news of like oh this mystery has been solved because of dna like but he knew to not leave anything yeah and so all they had were these just witness statements and that was really limited they investigated homes under that flight path turned out turned up nothing and then in 1991 he struck again so it was april the 13th and 
Carmaine Chan, a 13-year-old, who attended the same school, Presbyterian Ladies College, as Nicola. Mm. They didn't know each other. Same school. So Carmaine was babysitting her younger sisters, Carly, who was nine, and Karen, who was seven. They all have K names. Mm. Kardashians, so cute. Her parents, John and Phyllis Chan, were working at one of the family's Chinese restaurants. So they were a really successful family, but super hardworking. Like yep. they had a bunch of these restaurants. Like they were well off, but yep. because of their because own. Because of their hard work. Yeah. Really hard work. They lived in Templestowe. I asked Eamon, this is like super nice suburb. Yeah. Um, they had a nice house and and she babysat them quite often. The girls were watching a doco about Marilyn Monroe on the telly in Carmaine's room. And at about 8.40, Carmaine and Carly felt like food, so they headed to the kitchen. But standing in the hallway was Mr. Cruel. Oh, my God. Why is he always fucking <sighs> just, like, popping out? It's I just, don't like it. I don't like it at all. It's my nightmare is, like, and it happened, like, the other day I was in the kitchen just – Put something in the bin, you know, you see something out of the corner of your mm. eye. And I looked up and Julianne was holding our cat like around the corner of the doorway, like trying to be funny oh. of like, here's me and the cat. But he was just kind of standing there creepily yeah. with this cat. And I didn't know that anyone was there. And I screamed and jumped like four meters in the air. And I was like, don't fucking do that. Like, you know how many crime podcasts I listen to. Yeah. I'm you on creep high on alert. But it is just like when something is not supposed to be there, you yeah. notice out of the corner of your eye and then it's there. It's just... That, that jolts and just imagine seeing yeah. a man in a balaclava. And he clearly is getting off on yes. the fear. Absolutely. Like all of these yeah. tying them together. It's yeah. Like Otherwise he would, you know, if he saw Nicola in the street walking home from school, if she's walking by herself, grab her then. But it's yeah. this whole toying with the family, toying yeah. with the sister. Yeah. It's awful. So he's holding a knife standing there. He forced them back into the room. Karen, the little one, she had heard the commotion and was scared and hid behind the door. And he spotted her and dragged her out, telling Carly and Karen, you you two little ones get in the cupboard. He pushed Carmaine's bed up against it to trap them. Mm-hmm. And he took Carmaine from the house. It took Carly and Karen 10 minutes to break out of there. And they immediately called their dad at the restaurant to say that a man had stolen Carmaine. That's impressive in and of itself. Yeah. I was little and like <laughs> no. got jammed into a closet. I'd probably be so terrified that the person was still out there that exactly. I'd stay there. Like the fact that they barged out yeah, is pretty impressive. They like pushed and pushed and, and ran out there. He didn't cut the telephone cord mm. so they didn't have to leave the house to call. Um, on his way out, the man had spray painted one of the chance cars with more and more to come on the driver's oh. side and pay back Asian drug dealer on the bonnet. What is this guy? So that really like sent police on a bit of a wild goose chase because Mm. then they looked into John Chan's life. They thought maybe the kidnapping could be to do with some dodgy dealings. Of course. And like also potentially this would be like him throwing them off the scent. Yes, absolutely. Because like we're hearing this all in a sequence, Mm. but like for the police, they're just showing up years later. Yeah. And they're like, we don't know anything, any connections here. So... They looked into his life and like kind of wasted time doing yeah. that because he's squeaky clean, like hardworking man, nothing to do with any kind of drug dealing or yeah. underworld figures, um, which again, it's just that chillingly clever move from yeah. Mr. Cruel and I hate it. Um, another thing that hindered the investigation and the investigation kind of overall was that this crime scene was not set up properly. So all these officers came in, they were like trampling all over the house and some crime scene evidence has gone missing from 
I, I didn't say which, but it said one of the crime scenes, there was tape that bound one of the victims, went missing. Like someone <laughs> lost it. Always. How are the people fucking losing yeah. shit all the time? And th- they think potentially that could could have given them some physical evidence to go off. <sighs> I mean, they don't know, yeah. but they don't have it to test. So it's yeah. like, great. Thanks, guys. Mr. Cruel's there being like meticulous. Yeah. And they can't even keep the evidence together. Yeah. It's really frustrating with this case because there was so little to go off. Yeah, that it's and like everything counts. Being like, how can you just... I read somewhere that people were just throwing like evidence in lockers and not even like... What? Putting it in the right why? place. Uh, why is this know. always happening? I feel like this is like a constant through all our stories. It's just evidence just being willy-nilly tossed mm. around. Let's not forget Summerton Man's I suitcase. Can't. I actually can't with the Summerton Man's suitcase. It's mm. ridiculous. Anyway, so... Sharon and Nicola's abductions had hit the headlines and so with the the third and then fourth became national news. Yeah. So her parents did a press conference. There's actually like this famous photo of Phyllis, the mum, like crying. Mm. She was tearfully pleading for the return of her daughter. It's just so sad. Um, They also wrote letters to Mr. Cruel in the paper. Yeah. So she wrote, in the past, you have released the others. The sisters wake up often and peep through the window to see if the man has sent Carmaine back. And then she put in the letter a code that only Carmaine could crack. And oh. that would lead to a safe deposit box with ransom money inside. Yeah. It was never accessed. Carly's note said, whoever has my sister, I would like her back because then she can help me with my homework and also take good care of my little sister and me. Oh, God. It just hurts my like heart so like much. a heartless piece of shit not to... <sighs> I mean, a demon. Absolutely. Yeah, no heart, demon. no feelings. Yeah. So while police and the Chans were hopeful that Mr. Cruel would return Carmaine just as he had with Sharon after 18 hours and Nicola after 50, both those time frames passed and then the days turned into weeks and there was no sign of Carmaine. Fuck. Um, four weeks after her abduction, a task force called Operation Spectrum was set up and that's when the four cases were all officially linked yeah. to the same offender. So 40 cops were part of Spectrum. And they spent three years investigating, interviewing more than 27,000 people God. and examining 30,000 houses. So it was huge. Um, but on April the 9th, 1992, almost a year to the day that Carmaine had been abducted, a man walking his dog near Edgar's Creek in Coburg North made a grim discovery, uh, what looked like a small human skull in the landfill area. He notified police immediately. They exhumed this spot and found the rest of the badly decomposed body of Carmaine. DNA and dental records matched the remains to Carmaine Chan. I didn't know anyone was going to die. She had been <sighs> shot three times in the head. So now he's upgraded to murdering yeah, people. Yeah, he's escalated. Cool. So there's a bit of speculation as to why he escalated. Some people think she might have been killed because she pulled off his mask or took off her own blindfold and recognised him somehow. Mm. And even Phyllis, her mum, said her daughter was really feisty. She wouldn't have given up without a fight. Yeah. She might have taken it off. And he was so careful to cover their eyes and and all of that, that maybe that was the trigger. Um, And because they don't have the same evidence of the car and the house from her, they can't even know for sure that she was taken by the same person. But it really does seem... You're like a matches up. Like the same MO. Um, Some police don't. Some police don't actually link Mr. Cruel to this case. Some of them don't think there's enough linking it. Um, so altogether, the task force worked for three years to find him, but they never apprehended anyone. 
there were seven suspects that they came up with and they were unable to rule them out. Task Force Spectrum, with the help of the FBI who came in and consulted on this case, they created a profile of the offender and there were seven men that police were sus on. So these men are in a file called the Sierra Files, which is very zesty and mysterious. The document reads, some of those suspects, for a myriad of reasons, could not be totally eliminated from the inquiry. Those suspects, after profiling, are deemed to have the propensity to commit similar type offences. Then a directive was given to Victoria Police that if any more kids were abducted, the seven men, all of them, had to be taken in straight away. So they had all their names, addresses, everything. As soon as anyone else was abducted, it was Mm. go time. So each, this is the document again, each Sierra file elimination crew will consist of four crime squad detectives. These members are to be armed, wearing police tabards, tabards, what's a tabard? I don't know what that is. And are to communicate situation reports to the officer in charge of the special response squad. So it was all like this whole operation that would go on if, if someone gets abducted. Yeah. So the Herald Sun actually obtained these names, but didn't publish them for legal reasons. The papers spoke to three of the men who were still living locally. Of the other four, one's died, one's moved to Canada, one refused to speak to them, and one they couldn't locate at all. So the main suspect's quite happy to talk. Interesting. Um, the Herald calls him Bill. Yeah. He's a 70... Uh, he'd be... this. He says 75 here, and that this was a couple of years ago, so he's in his late 70s now. Former uni lecturer, and he knows he's the prime suspect. Mm. Um, he's a convicted sex offender. He was jailed for 10 years in the 70s for attacking women and girls in their homes at knife point. Right. So he told the Herald Sun in 2016 that the police questioned him for 12 hours in relation to the original Mr. Cruel cases. And they routinely questioned him in relation to sex crimes. So they mm. enact that whole task force thing. They go out, yep. they talk to him. He was actually taken into custody. Do you remember there was a 13-year-old girl called Bung Siraboon? Vaguely, yeah. Um, and she was from Baronia, which is like a suburb east of the other yeah. area. Um, that was 2011. She was abducted, still unsolved, that like they've never found. Yeah, I vaguely, that mean the, I yeah. vaguely remember the name. Um, so they questioned him over that. He told the Herald Sun in this article in 2016, the police have called several times when there's been a sex crime of some kind and they go through their list of previous offenders. They throw the net out when something happens. I've had interviews and all of them have been fine. The little girl that disappeared up in Baronia, they sort of came to see me. Luckily, I was giving a seminar in Melbourne at the time and gave them all the minutes of the meeting to show where I was. Like, I just want to punch this guy. Why is this guy giving seminars when he's like, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Like, you actually did... Yeah, attack. you've actually been in Women prison for 10 years. And now you're like he was allowed, seminars? like he was a uni lecturer. One of the girls he attacked was a uni student. What? Yeah, it's. I, I mean, I actually don't know the ins and outs of what people do with sex offenders and yeah. rehabilitation. Yeah, I'm and not stuff, sure, so. and I'm not sure of like how much you have to report. Like, there's a lot of talk in America about you have to say if a sex offender has mm. moved into the area, like police have to go around and door knock and tell yeah. you. Um, that's a law now, but I don't know about here, but he, he kind of went on and lived a normal life. He says, um, he told the Herald Sun that he was at his brother's wedding during one of the Mr. Cruel attacks, but he couldn't remember which one. I hate this guy. I just rolled my eyes. You guys can't see, but (laughs) so the police and the FBI made this profile of what they thought the offender would be like. He was probably in steady employment 
possibly in a management job or self-employed with freedom of movement, people that knew him would not regard him as a monster. Like he'd be hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Good neighbor, might be involved in community projects, but he'd be obsessive compulsive. The type that would like wash his hands all the time. They, they said he'd take a great deal of interest in, in the media coverage, but try and hide that. And then he'd go for like, long drives or walks without any explanation mm. for his stalking purposes. He'd have expressed sexual fantasies or shown sexually dysfunctional behaviour and his sexual arousal and gratification would probably be dependent on his partner playing roles like dressing as a schoolgirl yeah. or in uniform. Um, they thought he could be married or living with a woman who went away around school holidays because that's most of the attacks occurred in school holidays. Oh, they also okay. thought he might be a teacher because of that. Yeah. And because they were all schoolgirls and he had this schoolgirl fantasy, they they thought maybe yeah. he was in some kind of teaching role. And this guy was a uni lecturer, um, but they were unable to arrest him. Um, they said he was intelligent, well-organized, and that he would seem genuinely interested in dedicated to children. Um, and they said that things like when the offences happened or maybe when anniversaries occurred or more media coverage, he'd become stressed and then stressed and mm. disguise that with abnormally rigid behaviour. So there are even theories that the Golden State Killer and Mr. Cruel were the same person. Why didn't you flee yeah. from Australia? So because they thought that he was in the Air Force or Army or something, mm. those people do... And he was. He actually, when they found out who he yeah, was, yeah. he actually, I think he actually did come to Australia. Really? But I could have made that up. Okay. But he did travel. Yeah. Um, through being in the armed forces and um, they have ruled it out since identifying him as Joseph James D'Angelo, like just because of dates or whatever. They've ruled him out as Mr. Cruel, but it was just those similarities of breaking into the homes with a knife, tying people up in one room and yeah, committing the rape in the other room. Very similar. Um, pausing the attack to eat food, even talking to the person who wasn't there, very highly organised, watching neighbourhoods, families to plan out the attack. It wasn't that kind of crime of opportunity. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they ruled him out. So serial predators like Mr. Cruel usually don't stop offending until they're caught or they die. But the murder of Carmine Chan is the last incident attributed to Mr. Cruel. Right. Former Spectrum Task Force head David Sprague told the Herald Sun in 2003, I honestly think we got very, very close and scared the crap out of him. So close that he stopped. Interesting. So the case remains unsolved and the reward for any information leading to Mr. Cruel now sits at $1 million. Good. God. Ugh, and that's my eight hours of research. That just upsets me back at you. so much. I mean, see what I mean? It's interesting, but there's so much to it. It's funny because there's so much information because the girls were so observant and yeah. other people saw like the family members saw and had things to say. So there was information, but not enough. Like it, yeah. didn't, it didn't lead to anything because there's no forensic evidence and it kind of just couldn't help the police. But there's a lot known but just nothing of value for them to actually... Yeah, there's like no... Yeah, there's like no leads, mm. essentially. Like, it's like you've got all this information, yeah. but nothing pieces together no. enough. I'm sa- I'm sad that the flight path thing didn't help them. Yeah, I think it was just... Well, they, it's hard because, yeah. like, you know... There's like seven suburbs that they... That's where they raided all those houses yeah. and just came up with nothing. But the girls, like, um, Nicola gave a really detailed description of the house because I think she snuck off a blindfold a few times Mm. or maybe he didn't have a blindfolded at some points Mm. and she could describe the bathroom and Mm. and 
Sharon could describe the decorating and the the decor in the bedroom. Like it was really specific. But because they couldn't find the house, they couldn't then tie it. And also if he's that meticulous with things like, Mm. you know, wrapping her in the garbage bag and then the sheet for the other girl and, you know, like all the little things that he did to like ensure that like Mm. all the baths and the showers, like you'd think he wouldn't be – like he'd be mm. either like changing location or yeah. like, you know, like y- this guy obviously. Yeah, maybe he didn't actually live there. Maybe yeah. it was like a second house. And he was obviously like fucking smart. Mm-hmm. So he like, you know, there's an, I just, I just can imagine that he would yeah. be like dotting all his eyes yeah. in terms of making sure that they couldn't catch him. It just infuriates me because he's probably like fucking dead now. Yeah. And never paid for his shit. Paid and it's for like that. times like this that I'm like, I really hope the afterlife is real and that there really is a special place in hell for a piece <laughs> yes. of shit like this. Yeah. Like just so many lives fucked up. Yeah. Like so many. Because like you said, it's not just the kids, which yeah. obviously the kids are the first and yeah, foremost, but it's their parents, their yeah. siblings, anyone that had to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's anyone far-reaching. in their life that then has to like, the, like you know, because they're going to go through life and they're going to have, you know, issues to do with mm. this experience. Like it's fucked. It's yeah. so fucked. Yeah. And even the police, I read a quote, I didn't include it, but one of the po- investigating police said to, to Nicola's dad, Brian, like on the night it happened, he's like, I know that I'm going to be sitting here one day telling you we found the guy. And Brian actually passed away a few years ago and the, the policeman was like, kills me that I couldn't ever say those words to him and this man passed away never knowing like who came in and attacked his daughters it's just so sad like even the police feel it like yeah oh they would too because like the investigation of that Mm. like no like they would have toiled on that for so long three years like trying to find something and it's and it's such a case where it's like you're just like fuck I just want to solve it it's not like a drug dealer Mm who's like you know that's not great either but like you know, yeah it's not something that's yeah you know just a crime it's like despicable horrible, like the most unspeakable crime yeah. of the most yeah. despicable and it's like golden state killer like if you followed that investigation obviously we've both read oh we gone in the dark and mm-hmm. read your copy and then listening to paul hole's podcast mm. on audible it's so that was decades, like yep. the same kind of thing. Decades of, you know, he would kind of work on and off and then he dedicated his 24-7 to it. But he left DNA yeah. at the scene. So once DNA became more readily available and all those technologies, it was a matter of time. Like, yeah, it was like a ticking time bomb. Like that, yeah. that man, D'Angelo, must have... He must have been like, oh, well, they're going to come for me one day kind yeah. of thing. He, he must have had some kind of inkling. Whereas Mr. Cruel was so careful, he's just getting away with it or got away with it Yeah, if he did pass away. And it's just like, imagine if he is one of those seven men, but they just couldn't. Yes. And, th- and, and they right know there. that they're the suspect. Oh, and, fuck. And they're just like, they're laughing. Like, you can't get me. You can't pin it on me. It's just the worst. It's just the worst kind of case because it's kids and it's unsolved and it just sucks. Yeah. But it's interesting. Very interesting. And it's one of our most famous. Definitely one of Australia's most famous. Even I knew that one before we started doing this. But I didn't know how Mm. in-depth it was before I started researching. Yeah. That's like a lot. Yeah. I always remember that mask. You have to put the mask in the group because the mask fucks me up every time I see it. Yeah, there's photos of... um, No tagging people after the fact like with... 
No, no, we're not bringing the mask back up constantly. Not like with it gets to have one t- one moment. Um, Rackman. Yeah, Rackman. No. And don't you listening to this now? Go tag, tag your friend Rackman. in Rackman. Yeah, we I don't want to see Rackman again. We don't need to see. Rackman. I don't want to see him again. But I will leave him there for people that come to the podcast yes, later. Yes. I want to see Rackman. But it's like you know who I keep seeing is fucking Malok, Malok. all the time. Although Malok's kind of hot. Yeah, he's got the good for a demon. He's got the rig. <laughs> anyway, but yes. The point being, yes, don't I'll, tag people. I'll put the mask there. There's also like pictures from the press conference yeah. with um, uh, Carmaine Chan's mom, like the famous pic of her crying. And there's also this famous pic of one of the detectives with like, he's holding up a, at the press conference, mm. like a poster with like a map and the mm. mask and like all the info about the Mr. Cruel. It's crazy to think that he might have had a partner because it's like yeah. this really like fucks me up mm. is when what was I thinking with this oh it was Ted Bundy because we're talking about mm. Ted Bundy and like this whole thing of like these people present because they're psychopaths mm-hmm. it's like they can present themselves as totally functional normal people yeah they are experts mm-hmm. at pulling wool over people's eyes and yeah. so it's like this guy probably went through his life with a total other life to what yeah. he was doing and someone yeah. people were probably in that life like at his house having Not dinner knowing. parties and like, Ugh. you know, or living with him maybe. Yeah. And like, imagine if you fucking found the mask. Yes. Oh my God. And imagine. Imagine if Julian had a mask. Like, oh my God. I'm sorry. That was like probably uncalled for. Actually, Julian snowboards your... though. So I'd be like, is this for the yeah. snow but, or is this But you for would because you're like, bad I purposes. trust you, Julian. I've, I know. It's, you know. It's, yeah. Like the Golden State Killer when I was listening to the Audible thing. Remember I messaged you and mm-hmm. I was like, he worked like three jobs till he was 70 something to put his four daughters yeah. through medical school. Four? He had lots of daughters yeah. through medical school. There's so much in that sentence that's wrong, right? Because yeah. he did a really amazing dad thing. Yeah. And like paid for a very expensive American college. He has four daughters, mm-hmm. which just blows my mind. How you have can, four daughters, but you're going how around can raping you have all four these women. daughters and mm. then disconnect from that. And he raped young girls. Yeah. As well as like he didn't really have an age. Yeah. Thing, like Mr. Cruel clearly only liked young mm-hmm. girls. Like I just I don't know. How it's can a psychopath thing. It has to be. We and we can't ever understand it because no. it's not the way our brains work. It's like I once someone told me. I think it's a podcast episode, and I was trying to remember it the other day. So if anyone knows, tell us in the group. But like the um, it was a woman and her mother, and they grew up. Maybe it was like they grew up and she didn't have any money or like they had all this money and it disappeared or something. Anyway, long story short, it turned out that the mother was a total sociopath or psychopath or something Mm -hmm. and had been um, using the daughter's No, it was that she kept forging the, like, like um, stealing the daughter's identity to rack up all this debt. But it was like, literally there was no sign of it until Mm. she died. And then they got access to her records. I think like her dad got access to the records or something and was like, what the fuck's all this? And they worked out that this whole time, like, yeah, and it was that her daughter's identity had been stolen and it like fucked up her college college and career and stuff. It was like really hard for her to like. Yeah, because her credit would have been stopped. Yeah, and it was was all the mum the whole time. And it was because she was a total psychopath and she just like and the thing is with psychopaths is they're not always murderers and rapists no. like sometimes they just do they're shitty things motivated by greed any um moral empathy compass. yeah, yeah. <sighs> crazy i mean i just can't i mean clearly we're not psychopaths because we can't understand i this. cry all the time so we cry a lot we feel all the feelings i'm constantly worried about what other people think of me so i'm pretty yeah. sure i'm not a psychopath <sighs> it's just the worst yeah. but uh 
You're going to do a zesty one next. I am. I'm, uh, I will tell everyone what I'm doing, actually. Oh, no, I shouldn't because Don't. when we do the little mystery yeah, thing. Yeah, make okay. it a surprise. It's fun. But Mel's bringing the zest, guys. She I always am. does. No, I don't always. It's just that I was like, I'm going to do the zesty one because I knew Josie was doing like a serious yeah. one. Bleak the city. Mood, and then Josie will do a zesty one and then I'm going to do a serious one. Yeah. So yeah, we looked, we, share at the, uh, we looked at the schedule yeah. when we first. It was just a very rough schedule, but. Mel was still away and I was like what ones do you really want to do and she just named a bunch and then I put my bunch in and then I was like wow and I literally wrote in the schedule TBC Josie not murder (laughs) (laughs) Josie stop picking murders because it's literally like murder 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 so I'm trying you are trying trying. next will be zesty I promise I just want to say that next week's going to be a fucking good time I can't wait it's a great time just Feel free to skip So if you feel like crying one. now. <laughs> I know. Just, I nearly cried actually at the end of that. Yeah. It's really fucking sad. I, yeah, I really, really hate, I think I had such a good childhood. I had such an amazing, like I was still a kid up until I was like 15 mm. and I just feel like I had such an amazing time, like just climbing trees and like not worrying about anything and just not even thinking about like boys and sex or anything to do with anything. Mm. It's like it's a very precious thing. Like it's mm. it's a very precious thing to be a kid and mm. you never get to experience that again. No. And so to steal that from anyone is a horrible, horrible crime. Yeah, he's a monster. Yeah. So I really hope that he's having a fucking horrible time, whatever he's doing. And yeah. I hope that all of his f- toes and fingers fall off from gangrene or something. Mm. And like maybe he like falls into like, a pile of like lava yes lava I was gonna say poisonous I don't know where I was going there I was like poisonous (laughs) leaves that poison eye make all his skin fall off or something I don't know just really bad shit lava would be good like bad it would be bad and he deserves bad he does yeah yeah and if he's alive, I hope somehow they catch him that would be amazing it'd be like Australia's gold state killer god that would be the best yeah we'll live in hope Mm -hmm. anyway that's it bye bye Thank you.